Welcome, everybody, back to the Rooted Netified Show. I'm your host, Caddy Elias, and you are joining us for a special episode today, The Importance of Worship. To join us for this special episode, we have a special woman of God, Maria Price. Happy dance for you. Yay. <laughs> We're going to tell you much more about her, but just in a few seconds, because first I want to tell you a little bit more about our podcast, a few reminders for you. This podcast is sponsored by and is part of Beautifully Rooted, which is a Christian mental health and education corporation. This show, The Rooted Edified Show, is a fun-loving, no-facade, conservative Christian worldview show for both men and women who want to hear real-life testimonies, who want to discuss interesting topics, who want to hear talents within the church, and also who want to discuss theology, of course. We want to help encourage you to grow deeper in your relationship with Christ and more mature in your walk. As a reminder, we put out both an audio podcast and a video one. So whatever is your preference, there's an option available for you. We are on most major podcast platforms and also on YouTube. So check us out. If you are just so excited, you loved what you heard today or on any of our episodes and you want to join us, you want to support us, maybe you want to help and volunteer, feel free to contact us. We would love to hear from you. Our website is www.beautifullyrooted.com, which is spelled B-E-Y-O. You. Let's jump in to tell you much more about Maria Price. You're going to want to get to know her. You're going to love her. She's an amazing woman of God. And just to let you know a little bit more about her, she is the co-founder of Legible.org, where she helps churches and nonprofits with branding, creative, and marketing services. She's also, of course, the worship director at Not Avenue Christian Church, and you're going to want to hear her amazing, beautiful voice. She is definitely record worthy. That is for sure. Maria, thank you so much for joining us on here today. Would you tell us a little bit more about yourself and definitely more about Legible.org and everything that you're involved in that you want to tell us about? Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Kat. I love what you're doing with this podcast. And I think it's so important. Praise God. Praise God. Yeah. Praise God. I met Kat at church. I lead worship at her church and she's been so encouraging. So I'm excited to be here today. She mentioned I am the worship leader at Not Avenue Christian Church. That is my biggest joy in life is to lead worship for the church. I love singing. I love being a part of playing with a band. And I always pray every Sunday morning, just thanking God what an honor it is to be a musician in the house of God. You know, it's such a like gift to be able to be on stage and hear the church singing. That's like one of my favorite things in the world. And I love that. I also just have a real passion to help the church in general and to help people who are doing things to impact others for good. And three years ago, my two business partners and I, Justin Pardee and Dex Alexander, we just, we started our own business and it's called Legible. We also have another business called Black Roses. And what Legible does is serves the nonprofit sectors and churches with branding, brand strategy, communication strategy, creative and marketing services, really because we realized the church really could benefit from a lot of the marketing principles we've seen work in connecting people with audience, you know, someone with a vision and connecting them with their audience. And so um, Legible serves the church in that way. And we create storylines, communication strategies, effective communication tools, websites, brand identity packages, logos and color and design and all of that. But 
favorite thing is just getting in the room with pastors and leaders and hearing their story and figuring out really how to make their story legible to the people they're trying to reach. And that's why it's called legible. We will sometimes do that for a price that a small church can connect with. That is such a blessing too. Our heart is not to break the budget of, of the church. And so legible has just been blessed. God's been really blessing us with different clients and people that we can serve. That's what I do full-time. And then on the weekends, I lead worship at Not Avenue Christian Church. And that's been a blessing. I've been there for three years as well. I love it. Just to clarify, the Black Roses, is that a separate business? Yeah. So we serve the general marketplace with brand strategy and marketing services at Black Roses. And the heart of the whole idea that there's two different companies, we do the same sort of work. Inlegible is just tailored to the Christian communities or nonprofit world, which is a little bit different. And Black Roses, we charge market prices and we add premium services, hopefully so that when we work with Legible, we're able to give the church the discount that they need or nonprofits who are starting. Well, that makes perfect sense. Those are great resources that are out there for everyone. Can you tell us again your website and are you on social media? We're at legible.org. We don't do a lot of social media right now, but you can find us on Instagram at underscore legible. All right, perfect. In addition to being an amazing worship leader who serves at a church with all of her heart, we'd love to learn even more about you. So we're going to jump in and to some more questions here. Can you tell us about your special gift of singing, which is an amazing gift, and whatever other musical talents you have? Have you always had a good voice? <laughs> That's such an interesting question, Kat. I love that. So when I first was starting to sing, I've always loved to sing, like as, for as long as I can remember. Instead of crying, did you sing? I definitely cried as a kid and as an adult. <laughs> I started singing I, for as long as I remember. I just loved it. My dad likes music. So does my mom. My dad was a pastor. And so I was in the church singing every Sunday. And we had a little children's choir and I started singing in that. So I learned how to sing throughout through the church. It was kind of a natural gift that God gave me. You know, I started leading worship as a junior high, high school student, hadn't had any training other than just singing in church. I started learning how to play the piano in a little band in church. And I took lessons as a kid. And then when I got to college, I was like, things had kind of shifted in the Christian contemporary music and worship music and the guitar really kind of became the front of it. And so I just, I, was, I better learn the guitar if I want to lead worship, you know. And it's easier to carry than a piano. It's easier to carry. It can go to the beach, the mountains and travel with it, all that. And so I did. I started learning the guitar. I started watching people play on stage and like copying what they did, asking people, what chord is that? How are you playing that? I just loved it. It's just kind of natural for me. I bet. What brought you to the worship team and eventually to becoming a worship leader? When I became a Christian when I was nine, I remember really just being convicted over my sin. I've been in church my whole life. It was in the fourth grade. No stranger to church, no stranger to the message of the gospel, hearing it every week. But I just remember there's this marked time when I was nine. I felt like, oh no, I lied to my parents and I felt bad about it all of a sudden. <laughs> you know, I wasn't just trying to get away with it. And I feel like God was just doing a work in my heart. And that's when I decided to believe in Jesus, invited him into my life. And he began to teach me. And I began to connect with really worship music in middle school. I just started singing and enjoying that time with God. And then I also just enjoyed bringing other people into it. I started leading worship every summer for the Vacation Bible School, the VBS program, where kids come for about a week and we do songs and teach Bible stories. And I was the music leader for that every year. I loved it. And the kids and I just had the best time. And I just kind of 
began to get a passion for it. So I started leading worship with my high school youth group. And it was just kind of an overflowing of what God was doing in my life. I just, I wanted to connect with him. And because music was so important to me and music really became a love of mine through the church, through worship music. So that was my first interaction with music anyway. So that's where I started. And then in college, I started leading at my college and churches would ask me to come and God just prepared a way. And then for many years now, I've gotten to do it as an actual job. So that's cool. Really cool. Praise God that you felt convicted at nine years old and that he had mercy on you at such a young age to bring you to him. That's amazing and encouraging, I'm sure, to everybody else. I think most people would want to have a good voice if they could. There's so much power in it and beauty, and it's amazing when somebody has a beautiful voice. If somebody wanted to improve their voice, just on a side note, enough to join their worship team or even just improve their voice, do you have any advice or steps to encourage them that would might help improve their voice? Yeah. So everyone has vocal cords. Everyone has the ability to make a sound like talking. So if you can talk, you can actually sing. Not everybody has an ear to hear certain notes and connect with that, you know, but pretty general, like most people do. So if you wanted to learn how to sing better, you could ask a musician to help you grow. You can go on YouTube. There's a lot of vocal courses on YouTube that are free, all of that. But I truly believe that it really is one of the gifts that God bestows upon certain people. And not everybody is gifted to sing in front of others, but I believe every single person who is a believer is gifted to sing in the church, whether it's in the congregation, with your family, in your car, in your shower, you know, in your quiet time with God, everyone is commanded and given the gift of singing. I always think it's interesting when people are like, oh, well, I'm not a good singer. So that's not what I'm going to do. But in God's word, it's always compelling us to sing a new song to the Lord, to sing with other saints, which are believers, right? To sing together. It's edifying. It's encouraging for us to sing together as the people of God. But I do think that certain people have a gift to sing on stage and to lead out. And so have a voice that God uses for other people to follow. Sometimes you can improve upon that. Yes. And sometimes you're just gifted to sing in the congregation and serve in a different way in the church. It definitely makes sense what you're saying. And it definitely reminds me of some scriptures. I was kind of quoting Colossians 3, where it says that we are meant to sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to each other. And that's an edification to us together. So when we sing in church, when we sing as believers together, it is a congregational, it is a collective unifying thing where we're agreeing with one another. We're singing together. We're in this together. We're a team. We believe this. It's encouraging. It's edifying. And it's also a way to connect to God and proclaim that he has value in our life. Proclaim that he is worthy of all to give him adoration and grow our affection for him. And really, I love that passage because it really talks about what happens when the Holy Spirit comes into your life. You know, the fruits of the spirit we know are self-control, patience, you know, all, all of those things that we know, but also a result of the Holy Spirit in our lives is that we sing together as believers. And that's why I am so committed to the truth that every believer is a singer, every believer. And really God sings. And we are created in his image. I love that because that answers some of our, my next question, which is what place do you think worship music and its ministry has in the church and in the kingdom of God? That's such a good question. Worship can change our perspective in an instant. 
I always say worship is really wherever we are. It's a raising of our head and looking up. It's a looking up at, you know what? I'm not in control. I have a God I can call on. I have a God that I can tell how beautiful he is. I have a God that I can say, you are so valuable to me. God, help me to believe you. And it is such a perspective shift when we, no matter where we are. Or what's going on. Or what's going on. We have a reason to look up and to worship. That is a part of the believer's life and really how we proclaim and live out our hope, our faith, our belief, our purpose. And really worship is not only music. You know, worship is living according to what God has called us to live. We can worship just like you, Kat, you're worshiping with this podcast. You're worshiping God by opening up this conversation with different people. You're worshiping God by leading your family. You know, I'm worshiping God by working in my business. And really it's that perspective shift of Lord, you are the person I want to honor. I just think personally, God gives good gifts. And that is so true in the scripture. It says that every good and perfect gift comes from above and it comes from the father of lights. And I love that because what is so good is I mean, we all listen to music. You hear music in movies, you hear music in the background, shopping, or you go to shows and maybe you hear an orchestra, you like jazz or you like rock and roll or whatever. And music is really moving, isn't it? It really does. What is true in scripture is that every good and perfect gift is from above. God, a creative God has created music. And how cool is that? What a beautiful expression of his creativity that really Christian or non-Christian get to enjoy no matter what style. Music, oftentimes when I go see an orchestra or a jazz, I often can think of God because music is so beautiful and he really is the owner and the creator of beauty. So I just think it's just a huge part of our faith. Absolutely. I love that. That was amazing. What what a great perspective. That reminds me of Romans 12.1 in regards to there's different types of worship. Romans 12.1, it tells us that I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. I certainly think you're absolutely 100% correct worshiping is what God commands us to do. He tells us in Ephesians 5, 18 to 20, and do not get drunk with wine for that is debauchery, but be filled with the spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. God commands us and teaches it. And I think you're absolutely correct. What does worship do? Well, it puts our focus on him, on God, and gives him his due honor, what he is deserving of. You Just the percentage that we can give him of what he's deserving of. It takes our focus off of ourself and our circumstances, like you said. It really does require that surrendering of whatever's going on, whatever it is, good, bad, whatever, just because he is worthy, worthy to be praised. And like you said, we're created to worship. There's fullness in fulfilling what we're created to do. In Isaiah 43, 21, God reminds us that the people whom I formed for myself, that they might declare my praise. We were made for worship. And also Isaiah 43, 7, everyone who's called by my name, who I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. So I think you're 100% correct. And I'm just so thankful that you're on here to discuss the importance of worship. Continuing on, is there a way, just on a side note, that the church can better support the worship team ministry in a way that we might be lacking now? Thank you for that question. God is continuing to add to our worship team number, which I think is really neat. God is continuing to grow. There was a young girl who just, two young girls actually, young adults in their 20s, 
who just got saved this year and have now joined our worship team. That is so cool, you know, and they're very beautiful singers. And so they're willing to step up and lead our church in their gifting, presenting their bodies as a holy and sacrifice. I love what you were quoting just now, because what I just want to implore the church always is to actually open your mouth and sing. There are so many things in scripture that we're called to do. You know, whether we're working, whatever we put our hands to do, we do it with all of our might to glorify God. In those moments, I think some people just stand there. And I think sometimes it's a vulnerable thing to sing, to open your mouth and sing. I think sometimes it's laziness. Sometimes it's distraction. One of my favorite scriptures is Psalm 73. And it says, though my flesh and my heart may fail, God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. And then two or three verses down, it says, The nearness of God is my good. And if God is saying to us to declare his praise, to sing with the saints, if God is saying to us, draw near to me, then it is good for us to focus on him. It's good for you, even if you think you're tone deaf. It's good for you, not you in particular, but just anyone, our church. It's good for you to come in there and raise your hands and draw near to God in worship because he will meet you there. And his glory will change our life. And when we enter the presence of God, everything shifts in our life. It changes our perspective. It encourages us again that he is the most important thing. It grows our dependence on him. And plus, it's just a surrendering thing to do. It's really good for us. That's what I want to implore. How can you help the worship team is sing out when we're singing together. That's the only thing we're there for. We want to put God on display through the music, and we want the church to be edified as we sing out to him. You know, we want God to be glorified, to be pleased with our offering of praise, and we want our church to join us. This is not a show. This is not a concert. This is a congregational moment. We're in this together. It's not the people on stage who only get to do it just because they're singing on the mic or playing on the keys or drums or whatever. This is a collective moment of us together. It's not us and them. It's us together. That's the thing we want is sing out. If you've not done that before, why not? Raise your hands and just just try it. Just see what God does if you give him your worship. What a great exhortation. What a great reminder. And I was thinking one of the things that I love is to see on our particular worship team, but likely at other places, all different ages, different ethnicities, different stages of life, but just serving the Lord through their voice, through their musical talents. And it doesn't matter whether they're brand new in the Lord or have been in the Lord for a long time. I just love that the point is just worshiping and serving the Lord if God is called in that way. And also I was thinking about when you were speaking about the two new believers who are now singing for the church, and I was thinking so often when I think about the stars that my kids think of or other people really look up to, I think, man, they're not wearing very much. Their message is not good. It's actually very backwards and unhealthy. It's definitely ungodly. But then I think, man, but if these same people who have this amazing voice and this influence or this following of people were to know Jesus and were to be transformed and changed, imagine the impact that their voice can now make for God. So maybe just an exhortation to remember to pray for those stars that everybody is thinking about and following who might be ungodly now, but everyone can be transformed through the power of the Lord. When we hear and sing worship songs and praise the Lord, sometimes we can get overtaken by a flood of emotions. I know I do. 
emotions, feelings, sensations. My experience has been either that I either feel the overwhelming, powerful love of God, like a warm wrapped blanket, or I feel like crying, or I get into like a real humbled state. I just feel very humbled because I'm reminded of how glorious the Lord is and how unworthy I am when it really comes down to it. Have you experienced this? What is it about worship music that brings it on? Do you think it's the Holy Spirit? Yes, absolutely. Yes, I've experienced that every single week. Oh, man. And that's one of my questions, too, is how do you, just on a side note, how do you not cry every single time that you sing being so filled with the Holy Spirit? (laughs) That's such a good question. Well, first of all, I just love that. I love that you emotionally connect with God during that because we're all human beings. Even Jesus, the very son of God, came into earth to be a human, to walk with us. And he was emotional. He cried when he was sad. He got frustrated when things in the temple were not honoring to God. He had human emotion. We all have human emotion. And I think it's so important that we connect that human emotion with God. There's songs that we intentionally sing that are songs of confession. It's time to just confess our need for God, we've got it wrong this week. We got it wrong yesterday. We even got it wrong this morning. And we're going to just express that. And we're burdened by that all throughout the Psalms. I love the Psalms because I am an emotional, emotive person, right? Demonstrative in my emotions. A lot of musicians and artists are. I love the Psalms because I feel so known in those. King David, a lot of the times was just crying before the Lord. Like, where are you? Oh God, I don't sense you. I don't feel you. Have you forgotten me? That's scripture. And so you can plead before God and say, hey, I'm discouraged or God, I'm so humbled in this moment because you've reminded me of your goodness. That does impact us emotionally. I just think it's a great space. That's because music is such a beautiful, emotional thing to connect with God over those things. Nothing wrong with that entirely. How do I not do it? There are times where I cry and my voice cracks. There are times Sometimes when I'm singing in funerals, like if I'm invited to sing in worship song, I really, there's times where I have to discipline myself, even in leading worship where I have to really process through a song that week. Cause there's a song I'm singing this week at a church I'm singing at called for your glory says for your glory. I would do anything. I would cross the hottest desert just to be where you are because I have to be where you are, God. And I can barely say those words or sing that without crying. Like God help me to mean this with all of my heart. I felt it inside. Just when you were saying that, I felt that inside. I'm just like, I'm going to let my emotions resource me to lead people to that. But also I'm going to really discipline myself to not be a weeping, blubbering mess as a distraction because I'm a leader in that moment. When you lead, when you lead worship, I want to put my all out there. I want to give my full emotional self, but I also, I don't want it to become like, oh my gosh, is Maria okay? I want to have God be on display. And and I believe when you're emotional with people and you share yourself vulnerably, they're then given permission to think, oh, wow, that impacts her. And what is it going to do and impact my life right now? I feel like when we share vulnerably, when we sing vulnerably, when we emote what God is doing, I think we're touching each other in a good way. Like, hey, this is important. This means something. I often tell my team, it's okay if you cry. It's okay if you mess up. It's okay if you get choked up. Why not? That's what we're doing here is just pouring our hearts out before the Lord. So I don't see any problem with that. I think sometimes I really try to get in the time with the song throughout the week. So I don't break down every moment when I'm singing it, but sometimes I do. I have tears streaming down my face. 
And I wonder if part of this ability to sing with all your heart is just part of your gift, to sing with all your heart and the Lord help you to have that balance of being sensitive to the Holy Spirit, yet be able to lead the congregation and your worship is just part of your gift because that would have to come with it. And maybe we need a reminder. I was thinking, considering we're, we're two women that are speaking right now and we're talking about the Holy Spirit and I felt it even just when you were reading some of those words because that's how, how impactful it can be, but worship is not just for women. And maybe we need a reminder because this show is for women and, and men. Worship, singing, glorifying God, expressing that emotional peace, that aspect of our spiritual side is not just for women, right? Right. If God himself, who expressed himself in the human form as a man, has commanded us to sing to him and he sings, he sings, God sings over us, then men should also join in. Oftentimes in the church, that's hard because it does feel sometimes emotional. Sometimes there's a lot of women who just love going to church anyway, you know, <laughs> but how important it is for men to connect with God and obey him in that way. It is good for them as well. It's good for them as they lead their families. It's good for them as they lift their eyes to God and, and proclaim, I am dependent upon you and I need you in my life. What a strong masculine thing to do. Absolutely. And in Exodus 15, we're reminded in verse one to two, the song of Moses Then Moses and the people of Israel sang this song to the Lord, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. And it goes on, right? The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. Even Moses and his people were worshiping the Lord in song. And I I know God's not just good to women. Men, God's been good to you. You proclaim his deeds among the people too. So I'm sure that despite being an amazing worship leader that brings it every single Sunday. You don't feel like worshiping every single day. I can imagine. I'm sure you have some days and times when you're tired, you're sad, you're stressed or anxious or less motivated, busy, whatever it is. I'm pretty sure that our listeners and our viewers would agree the same for themselves. When that's the case, what do you think a person can do to go on to worship the Lord anyway, despite their legit trials, whatever's going on? What helps you to continue to worship in the way that you do? And what do you think would help somebody else? Even on Sundays, sometimes I'm like, uh, very rarely, because over the years, God has just grown my heart for worship. I'm like, okay, here we are again. We're going to sing again. Every day, I think that worship is both an outpouring of our heart, but it's also a discipline, just like anything else. We don't always feel like exercising. We don't always feel like eating healthy. I think worship needs to be a part of your discipline too. What happens is I heard this quote this year that just rocked me in such a beautiful way is that provision comes to you in the doing and the going. So if you discipline yourself, worship is going to be a part of my life. I'm going to do it. Then the provision comes and God meets you there. And then it becomes a joy. As we continue to see the results of our discipline, we see the joy that it brings. Because when you spend time like Psalm 73, again, the psalmist was distracted by so many things. And there's this point in that passage where it says, and then I came to the sanctuary of God and my heart was changed. The shift is when you enter the presence of God, your heart is changed. And that's when you realize the nearness of God is my good. This is now a joy. This is what I need. And you're going to go to it more. I think discipline can be such a resource in that. What a great reminder, because the same is true for reading the Bible, for prayer. You don't just do it when you feel like it. Otherwise, you probably won't feel like it very much. That voice that is going to get smaller and smaller telling you to do that. You remind yourself of why you're doing it. You remind yourself that the Lord just deserves it, whether we feel like it or not. And how 
wonderful you feel when you're fulfilling that. And isn't it so funny how you cannot want to do it. You cannot want to spend that energy, focus, confront certain emotions or things that are going on inside that you know will probably come up when you worship. Maybe you're angry with God, whatever it is, but then you do it. And like you said, everything is just transformed in that minute. That's right. Everything's changed, the whole atmosphere. You know, it's interesting in the spiritual discipline discussions, oftentimes singing is not included. I believe with all my heart that singing is a spiritual discipline, again, in two different ways, both congregationally, it's a spiritual discipline, like Colossians 3. We come together and we sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to each other and to God. But also we sing to the Lord on our own. I believe that it should be a spiritual discipline, just along with scripture memory, reading the Bible, open your mouth and sing out to God and praise him for what he's done in your life. Trust me, it will be transformative. I love that. I love that. I often find myself in the car and I think probably people think I'm a crazy person, like raising my hands and like, you know, clapping along the steering wheel. I've seen people look at me like, oh, wow, she's, she's really into it. I do. I totally get into it by myself. And it's so important. And thank you so much for the reminder, because I think you're right. It's not necessarily included often. And that's why we need to hear from people just like you who can remind us of the importance of it. Just like God reminds us of the importance of it in his word. And I think it's so important to sing songs that are true because those truths are transformative. Sing a song, make up a little melody of a psalm that you're reading or a verse that you're reading, you know? Yeah. So then it doesn't have to be just your worship songs that you hear on the radio station that play over and over. You're saying that there are other ways to sing worship. Yeah, totally. Excellent. And that was one of my questions. Are there better types of worship music or styles than others? You know, I don't think so. I'm a big fan of gospel music. That's not the context of our church. We sing very Christian contemporary music. It's kind of a popular style right now with CCM music, but I love gospel music and the emotion and the like demonstration of all of you entering into sacrificing in this moment, surrendering and just giving yourself to the Lord in gospel music is just amazing. And I also like hymns and the rich theology and words and lyrics that come from hymns. I also like modern day praise songs that are repetitive. I've had a lot of criticism over the years, different ways, people who don't like hymns or people who think, oh, this song is too repetitive and simple. Why are you singing it? I often just go to scripture. There are Psalms, which are songs that have rich theological depth and different sentence by sentence by sentence. And then there are also Psalms that repeat the same phrase over and over again, like his steadfast love endures forever. His steadfast love endures forever for a whole, whole thing, a whole song. And so I think as long as it's true, I think it is good. If it's true, it's good. I don't think there's anything wrong with repetitive songs. I don't think there's anything wrong with rich lyrical hymns or styles. I think that you can sing in all different styles. You can play instrumental music for the glory of God. Amen. What would you tell someone who hasn't yet accepted Christ or is far from Christ for some reason, but feels a little something special, something touching when they're listening to worship music? Let's suppose this person doesn't go to church. Maybe they don't read the Bible. Maybe they don't have a network of believers to fellowship with. What would you tell them to encourage them to go in the right direction? Well, first to the person who doesn't know Christ, but feels something special when they're in worship, God is so good and beautiful. How could people not notice him when 
he's being glorified. I think if people come to church and they don't know God and they experience worship and they feel something, it's because of the promise of scripture. We know God is there when two or more are gathered in his name. God is here. People, even when they don't know him, are going to feel something when God is here. His presence is not only impactful to people who know him, his presence is impactful, period. And I think that's a common grace for people to hear the word of God or worship happening and they feel something because God is true and he's beautiful and he's compelling. They may reject him, but doesn't take away the fact that he is those things no matter what. And I think for anyone who's thinking about growing in their faith is what your second question was. I would say, listen to worship music. I can give you some recommendations. Some of my favorite worship artists right now that are singing good and true songs like Maverick City. I love them. Cody Carnes, Carrie Job, gospel artists are so good. There's so many like Tasha Cobbs. I love her. She's so good. And just listen to people sing and uh, grow in that way. And then go to church and again, lift your voice and see what happens. Lift your voice. Thank you. Finally, can you give an encouragement to other worship leaders, to vocalists, band members, set up people, whoever it is that's involved with what it takes to lead worship at the church? Can you give them some encouragement to keep on going, to keep on serving the Lord, somebody who might be questioning their role and their importance? Well, first of all, I want to thank any and everyone who does that, who's listening. So important. There's a guy named Ian who I have named the lyrics minister, and his ministry is very important on Sunday morning, both for us on the stage, if we might forget the words or the congregation to know what to sing and what words we're singing together to make it clear. He is the lyrics minister and everybody kind of laughs at it, but I'm dead serious. It is a ministry. It's a ministry for Matt, our sound guy, who's turning all the knobs and setting everything up so that people can hear us clearly and they know how to engage in the worship process because he has made it clear and he's making it sound good. And he's, he's thinking about how to, to highlight the saxophone and the lead electric guitar, the keys when they're playing certain lead lines and making the music be amplified beautifully. And then people who just set up the church, people who come in and they play in the back line. It's so important. Without any of those things, we couldn't accomplish what we need to accomplish. And I think that oftentimes it feels like the singer gets the glory. And that is just not, that is not the most important role at all. If I didn't have a microphone and people couldn't hear me, I wouldn't be effective as a worship leader. If people didn't know what words to sing, they wouldn't be engaging with us. If I didn't have a piano player in the back, keys player playing along with me, it wouldn't be as beautiful. And every part is important. Every part is needed. And when we all collectively come in and sure, even Kat, I know you like are part of the greeting team and you just help people feel welcome to church. That's so important. When they come in and they find someone who's smiling at them saying, we're glad you're here. Do you think that impacts how they're going to interact in the worship service? Absolutely. Absolutely. Everything matters. And it's all to the glory of God. And that's why I think it's so important for the church, the people of God to serve the church. And so important to me, just not as the paid worship leader who's on staff, but for the people of God to be singing on the worship team, the church people. I don't sing every song. There's tons of people on our team who are gifted and serving our church who need to lead out and bless our church. They're in the community. They're a part. They know people. We're relational together. And now they get to serve and lead in that way. So everything is important and we're just grateful. So keep it up. It matters. 
Thank you so much for that. And now I think we'll jump into our scripture section, where if you have any scriptures, one, two, or one million, whatever you want to share that pertain to what we discussed today. I mean, I shared from my favorite passage already, Psalm 73, the nearness of God is my good, and I will tell of all his works. But then I, you asked me about scripture before, so I brought this verse and it's Zephaniah 317. It says, the Lord, your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. How beautiful is that? The Lord God is with us. He quiets us with his love. He takes delight in us. He smiles and delights when we worship him. He takes delight in us for who he's created us to be. And he rejoices over us with singing. How beautiful is it to think of a mother taking their children to bed and singing a lullaby over them? I love putting my nieces and nephews to bed. I tell creative stories and they love them all. And then singing over them, it just quiets their little hearts and they just lay there and they fall asleep. It just is peaceful. God does that with us. God is singing over us and delighting and rejoicing over us. How encouraging is it to have a God who created everything, who sacrificed himself to hear that he rejoices and delights over us with singing. How could you not want to be close to a God like that? Yes. And Maria, I think your children are, they're going to be so blessed by your lullabies. Oh my goodness. They're not even going to be able to listen to a babysitter. (laughs) <laughs> They're going to just be like, you know, my mom is on target and is amazing. She's able to sing those lullabies. Thank you. I hope the Lord blesses me in that way one of these days. So <laughs> thank you. Two scriptures that I thought of is one that you mentioned and that is out there is Colossians 3.16. So I'll read that just again, just to reiterate that. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And then Psalms 66, one through four, shout for joy to God, all the earth, sing the glory of his name, give to him glorious praise, say to God, how awesome are your deeds. So great is your power that your enemies come cringing to you. All the earth worships you and sings praises to you. They sing praises to your name. Yeah. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord, everything, men, women, everything. Exactly. That's Psalm 156 everything that has breath. That's amazing, isn't it? And lastly, maybe the last scripture I'd like to bring is Philippians 4, 8, which we may not exactly correlate it, but I think it reminds us that Paul tells us to think of what's excellent, which would definitely be the Lord. So finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Aren't all those things the Lord? What's true, what's honorable, just, what's pure, what's lovely, commendable, excellent, and worthy of praise? Definitely the Lord. Now, everybody has been blessed by hearing what you've brought today, and it's so amazing. We're so thankful for that. What would be one thing you would want everybody to remember, one takeaway out of everything that you've said, maybe or was discussed, that you'd like them to walk away just remembering? I think that... The last part of Psalm 73, that the nearness of God is your good. When you come into his presence, it is good for you. When you come into his presence, it is good for you. So draw near to the goodness of God. Draw near to him through his word, through singing, through worship, through his church, gathering, through prayer and faith. Draw near to God because being near him is good for you. Thank you so much, Maria, for joining us. That was amazing. I know everybody was blessed by listening. I know I was blessed by listening and we really appreciate you on here. So just as a reminder to everybody to check out your services at legible.org. And also, do you 
help with singing and other places. If somebody just thought, man, Maria is amazing and I know I need her for our conference, for our retreat, whatever it is, is that something that you do? Yeah, I totally do. I've led a lot of conferences and retreats and women's events or young adult events, whatever. And you can email me at Maria at legible.org, M-E-R-E-A at legible.org. And I would love to connect with you. I just um, was given the opportunity to sing at a worship night at a church here in Riverside this week on Wednesday. It was such a blessing. I'll be leading worship for a women's a state convention, women's thing in April. So I do a lot of things like that. So I would love to, to connect. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you so much, everybody who is listening, who is watching this podcast. We really appreciate you joining us today. If you have enjoyed today's show and got benefit from it, which we really hope that you did, I know I did, please give us a like and subscribe to support our show. And we really appreciate you sharing our information, our material, our episodes with your loved ones. Feel free to find us on almost every podcast platform that there is right now. And you can follow us also on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube. You're going to find some things on there that are not on our regular podcast platforms, like small snippets of our episodes, promotions, more information about the guests that are on here, like Maria and her website. You want to make sure that you are following us on there so that you don't miss a thing. Maria, would you mind closing us out in prayer? I don't mind at all. Thank you. God, thank you so much for Kat and what she's doing with this podcast and um, just her wanting to get people rooted in the word of God and, and encouraged and edified God. I pray that you would bless her in this. I pray that you'd bless anyone who's listening um, with more of you. I pray that you would bless them with the bravery to step into a new place of worship, even today and even in this next week. I pray that you would bless them with a church community, that they can go and sing and agree and participate in together with other believers. God, thank you for the gift of music. Thank you for the gift of worship. Thank you that everything you give is good and it's for our good. And thank you that when we come into your presence, you change our life. You change our stories. You change our history. And I thank you so much that we get to sing together as a church. I thank you that I get to lift my voice and that you use me. Thank you, God, for giving people that good gift. And I pray that you be glorified today. I pray that we would learn and grow in our affection for you every single day so that you become and continue to become the most important, valuable thing in our life. God, would you be pleased with our spirit of worship, with our sacrifice of worship today in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. All right, viewers and listeners, we will see you next time. Ciao. See ya. <laughs>